Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Everyone is important. And again, it could actually be argued that those who don't get all the attention are not only as important, but in some cases even more important. And I believe it's for this reason that Paul, by the Holy Spirit, recognizes and appreciates these people. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. When you elevate and esteem one believer over another, you miss the multitude of others serving God faithfully who may not be known by anyone but God. Today, Pastor J.D. will remind you that everyone in the body of Christ is significant. Every job done in the name of Jesus is important, and every person is necessary for the church to thrive. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Colossians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. What Paul is demonstrating to the Colossian church is the same thing that he's writing about here to the Corinthian church. And what he's saying is, is that everyone is important. And again, it could actually be argued that those who don't get all the attention, are not only as important, but in some cases even more important. And I believe it's for this reason that Paul, by the Holy Spirit, recognizes and appreciates these people. What follows is what I believe are the lessons that all 11 of these people that Paul names can teach us about serving faithfully to the end, even when, I should say, especially when it's behind the scenes. Let's start with Tychicus, or Tychicus, as some pronounce his name. He teaches us that we do err greatly when we see anonymous as synonymous with needless. You know how important this guy was? He was Paul's assistant. 
He delivered Paul's letters. Oh, you might say, well, he was just, he was just the messenger. Oh, really? Do you realize the letter that he delivered is the letter that we just now got done reading in its entirety here in Colossians? Preserved in the canon of Scripture for well nigh 2,000 years, that letter that he carried. How about this Onesimus? This is an interesting guy. He teaches us that God can change anyone. We're going to get to Philemon, but we'll learn more about this guy because he was Philemon's slave who actually ripped him off and then ran off. And then he gets saved and he goes back to his master Philemon and makes it right. You have to understand, in that day, for a slave to do that, <laughs> that was it. Punishable by death at the hands of the master. Aristarchus, he's the next one on the list. He teaches us about the invaluable loyalty on the part of those who suffer alongside of us through those really hard times. That's what he was for Paul. And Paul mentions him by name here and thanks him and acknowledges him and praises the Lord for him. There's something to be said about people that are just loyal no matter what. Mark, he's the next one that's mentioned, and this is really interesting because This is the same mark that Paul and Barnabas got into a sharp dispute over when he abandoned them on a missionary journey. In fact, this sharp dispute, it's recorded in the book of Acts, between Paul and Barnabas was so bad that it caused a split over Mark. And here's Barnabas saying, Paul, come on, give the guy a break, give the guy a chance. Here's Paul going, no way, no way. I'm through with him. This is the same Mark. And here at the end of this letter, you have the Apostle Paul acknowledging Mark. This is the same Mark that God would have to write the gospel inspired by the Holy Spirit. We know it as the gospel of Mark. So what does Mark teach us? Mark teaches us that we should never give up on people. This Mark that we read about at the end of this letter to the church in Colossae is not the same Mark that we read about in the book of Acts. You know, God's doing a work in all of us, right? And if anything, I one of the things I'm learning I have to say that I'm learning it the hard way, and I have the scars to prove it, and many scars to prove it, (laughs) is that you should always err on the side of grace. Always err on the side of grace. Never give up on people. Yeah, but do do you know what they did? I know. Sometimes I don't want to (laughs) know. They messed up really bad. 
They were not faithful. They, they abandoned me. When the going got tough, they got going. I can't depend on them. I can't trust them. I can't rely on them. No, never give up on them. That's what Mark teaches us. Barnabas. The name Barnabas means son of consolation. And this is throughout the scriptures, we we see it, that the name is the nature. They would actually wait until after the child was born to see what kind of a personality they had before they would name that child, because they would name that child according to the nature of that child. Which had I done that, my two boys, Elias and Levi, I would not have named them Elias and Levi. I would have named them Search and Destroy when they were younger. (laughs) But the name is the nature, and this was his nature. He was an encourager. In fact, it was Barnabas who welcomed Saul of Tarsus when nobody believed. No way. No, he's, he's a believer. No, he's not. It's a trick. He's having the believers and followers in Jesus Christ killed. It's a trick. It was Barnabas who welcomed Saul of Tarsus, who would become Paul the Apostle. Barnabas teaches us the power of encouragement. Never underestimate the power of encouragement. Now I want to get to this next guy, because this guy, you never, he's, he's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible, but right here. His name is Justice. Actually, that's his AKA. His real name was Jesus. How cool is that? You have to understand that in that day, Jesus was a very common name. So Paul says, Jesus, also known as Justice. Well, what what about him? Well, that's it. It just says, he's just mentioned here. Well, what does that teach us? That teaches us that even though no one knows your name, God does. And not only does God know your name and who you are, He also knows everything that you do for Him and for His glory. Epaphras, he's the next guy on the list. This is the guy you want at your prayer meeting. This is the guy you want praying for you. Because Paul says he labored fervently. And the idea in the original is a woman in labor, in labor pains. I mean, he's, he's laboring intensely like a woman in labor for you in prayer. Behind the scenes, never heard of this guy. He doesn't get asked to speak at conferences. Epaphras who? Epaphras, the the one who fervently prays behind the scenes for others. This is a prayer warrior here. And that's what he teaches us. The paramount importance of prayer. Intercessory prayer. Luke, the next one. 
Luke is the same Luke of the Gospel of Luke, the only Gentile inspired by the Holy Spirit as a writer of one of the Gospels, Luke. He was a physician, a doctor. And in that day, maybe even more so than today, doctors were highly esteemed. I mean, we (laughs) talk about making superstars out of doctors. Uh, We do that, you know. in fact, I heard a, a joke. I'm not very good at telling jokes, but I'll, I'll try, so bear with me here. What's the difference between God and a doctor? I mean, don't try to answer it. I'm, I'm going to give you the answer, but just wait for it. What's the difference between God and a doctor? God doesn't think he's a doctor. Like I said, I don't do very good telling jokes, but I think you get the point. Doctors think sometimes they're God. Well, Luke was a doctor, highly esteemed. So what does Luke teach us? Luke's mention here by the Apostle Paul teaches us that God gives us talents and skills in order that we might use them for His glory. Luke was Paul's personal physician on all of those. (laughs) There's one account, I wish time permitted. It's Luke that's with Paul in Acts 27 in that shipwreck, because Luke is recording it and writing about it. Luke went through a lot with the Apostle Paul. And if there was ever somebody that needed a physician, on standby all the time, it was the Apostle Paul. That guy was bus up. (laughs) He needed a doctor, and God provided Luke for him and used his talents and gifts and skills for God's glory. Demas. This is an interesting guy. Paul later writes about him, not good, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 9 and 10, And he says that Demas had forsook him because he loved the world, the things of the world. Well, prior to that, he's mentioning Demas here, and I think for good reason, because he teaches us that we need to finish well. We're running a race, right? We need to finish that race and finish well. I want to get to this next one, Nympha. She's the only one that's listed here that's a woman. And to me, it teaches us the importance of women's role within the body of Christ. And perhaps even more importantly, the importance of the home fellowship. Archippus, it's the last one. He teaches us the importance of persevering, remaining steadfast, and enduring to the end, especially when things get really difficult. There you go. Eleven names. At first read, you would think, okay, so what? These are real people that we're going to see in heaven, by the way. These are real people that God used and 
really blessed the Apostle Paul that will enjoy great riches and treasures that were laid up in heaven because of what they did, even though they were not known behind the scenes. I want to close with a very interesting account found in 1 Samuel 30. To me, it really sums this up in a powerful way. Let me give you the the backstory real quick. So David has just returned victorious, recovering their wives, their children, all of whom were abducted. They were unharmed, but they were all abducted by the Amalekites. And when they were in Ziklag, they burned the whole city down while David and his 600 men were out fighting. So here David comes back with his 600 warriors. These are loyal men of David's. And they come back to Ziklag only to find that it's all burned to the ground and their wives and their families are all gone. They've been taken by the Amalekites. It's really a pretty intense account because we're told that they just, these are hardened warriors, man. David being chief amongst them, they just break down and they weep bitterly. In fact, they even turn on David wanting to kill him because of what happened. And we're told that David encouraged himself in the Lord. So you got 600 men. They've lost everything. And now they're going to go out and battle against the Amalekites to get their families back. There's only one problem. 200 of the 600 men are too battle weary. They even tell David, listen, we, we are too weary that we just don't have it within us to go in battle. We'll stay here and watch the supplies. David says, okay, fine. So 200 of the 600 men stay there in Ziklag and watch the supplies. The other 400 go out with David and they recover everything unharmed that the Amalekites had taken. That's a teaching unto itself. God recovers stolen property when the enemy steals from us. I'm not talking material things. When he steals our joy, he steals our hope because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He restores that which the locusts have eaten, the Amalekites have taken, if you prefer. Well, that's another topic for another time. So the 400 men with David go out. They're victorious. They come back. And they're like all that. And they're saying to David, hey, we got a lot of spoil here. And they did. Um, the 200 guys that didn't fight, that stayed back, they shouldn't get any of the spoil. We're not going they didn't battle with us. They were, they were behind the scenes. They, they, they weren't on the front lines with us. Listen to what David says. 
It's in verses 24 and 25, 1 Samuel 30. Who will listen to what you say? The share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went down to the battle. All will share alike. All of you in this amazing church that I'm so privileged to pastor, do you realize that you will share in the rewards and the treasures that await because of what God is doing in this church, in this ministry. You will share alike. Please, I, this is a, a touchy topic, but I need to tackle it. You know, people go, well man, you know, guys like Billy Graham, oh, they're going to have huge mansions. You might be surprised. You might be surprised. I think there's going to be a lot of surprises in heaven. (laughs) Who's that? Oh, you don't know who that is? I mean, because we're expecting, you know, no one. How about Paul? You know, they're going to have those like those tours, those Hollywood tours, you know, where you drive by the, the homes of the stars. That's a thing, right? I guess. I don't know. I, I've never done that, just so you know. But you're going you're gonna to take this tour. And, and over here to your left, that's the Apostle Paul's mansion. Wow. I think we're going to be surprised when we get to heaven. All will share alike. And then it says, David made this a statute and ordinance for Israel from that day to this. Thank God for those that are behind the scenes. For those of you who serve, and there's no spotlight, there's no, you're not asked to speak at conferences, you don't have the microphone, you're not behind the pulpit, you're not, you know, they're on the front lines. Wow. You know, can I just hope you don't think of me differently when I say this. Sometimes I wish I didn't have the spotlight. Sometimes I wish I could serve behind the scenes, out of the spotlight, and just kind of in obscurity. <laughs> there are days where I just think, God, what were you thinking? <laughs> I mean, I just, the, the idea of, I mean, just, you know, not having the, the pressure <laughs> and the stress of what comes with being on the front line, we all share alike. And great is your reward that awaits. Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor J.D. at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. 
Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth.